BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. A school district on the West Coast is following the lead of California and will be able to make school lunches free for all students beginning this coming school year. The Auburn School District in Washington has taken part in the USDA's program called the Community Eligibility Provision, which is a program that surveys the level of poverty in a school and then assigns the ability to either have reduced price lunches if a family makes less than 185% of the poverty level set federally, or free lunches or breakfasts if the family that child comes from is under 130% of the federal poverty level. And in this case, what Auburn has gotten permission to do is to basically extend a program that started during COVID-19, where all students everywhere were getting these free breakfasts and lunches, and now do what schools sort of have to qualify for, which is if you have a high enough threshold of free lunches in your school or in a group of schools totaled together, then essentially the department says every child in that school or in those schools is allowed to take part in the free meal program. And that threshold right now is 63%. So if you have 63% of your kids certified for getting free lunches, then everybody in the school gets free lunches. Or in a group of schools, if 63%, then 100%. And the reason they do this, by the way, is not because they are saying that, well, it's just more easy to take care of 100% than to try to figure out you know, 63%. It's because of the assumption that the 63% of the kids who qualify under a label of direct certification, that means their families are already receiving benefits and those benefits are tied to income levels. So the school district doesn't even have to calculate income. They know these kids come from these families and these families will be eligible already. So essentially, if you have 63% of the students in a school or in a group of schools, you can submit that to the federal government and they'll say, okay, fine, take the multiplier, treat it like 100% because we're going to assume that the other 37% of kids in those schools, most of them probably qualify too. They're just not part of that direct certification threshold that we already know they should be eligible. So this is something that applies to schools all over the nation, and that's what the feds do. But at the state level, you had first California and now Maine has followed suit basically passing bills to say, you know what, we're just going to give all of our kids free food, free breakfast, free lunch. We're going to fund that as part of our state budget. So now California and Maine will begin this program for free lunches and breakfast for everybody starting this fall. And of course, the basic idea here is simple. Kids need food. Kids need food to do well at school. Give kids food. Because whatever else you might say about a child, it's not their fault that their families are poor. So you say you want to create theater, you want to write plays, you want to write musicals, you want to be an artist, you want to make something that leaves a lasting impact on other people. Great. You probably look up to somebody like Lin-Manuel Miranda, the author of Hamilton, and many other plays, by the way, and you think, I want to be like him. Well, just keep in mind that when you succeed at something like this, there are going to be problems that you didn't have to deal with before. For example, people performing your work without your permission and without paying a licensing fee or changing your work substantially when they do perform it. 
taking out in McAllen, Texas, where The Door Christian Fellowship Ministries is now being pursued by the Dramatists Guild for unauthorized production of Hamilton. Not only unauthorized, but according to social media, very, very bad. I think that middle part's supposed to have lines, but the other issue, in addition to it being sort of entertainingly bad, is of course that they didn't pay a licensing fee. Now, here's the other side of the equation. They've also added parts and lines to it and changed a lot of the meanings, adapting it to an evangelical meaning. I do not remember that being in the original. And that's going to become part of the issue here because Lin-Manuel Miranda is now saying, of course, that they are not operating with his permission and the Dramatist Guild has stepped in to try to pursue legal action to stop them from performing it, which apparently has already happened. They've done two shows before all of this came to light. And kind of the question here is going to be to what degree they are protected by the fair use doctrine. Now, if you're not familiar, when something is copyrighted, like, for example, the music and also the words of Hamilton, you can't just go perform it on your own. Otherwise, copyrights wouldn't mean anything. But there are exceptions. Somebody doing a news story is allowed to take fair use in reproducing the material for the purpose of explaining it to an audience like we do all the time. Or if you want to do a parody or an adaptation, there are also rules there, which as long as you satisfy, there's actually four criteria, it's fairly involved, and it has to do with the nature of the use, the nature of the copyright, the amount of copyrighted material that you are using, and then the effect on the market or the value of the copyrighted work from you doing your parody or your adaptation. And in this case, I would say that there's enough of a change in the content because it has been adapted for a church purpose that they will at least try to make the case that they're protected under fair use. I don't know. I'm not a copyright lawyer. I can't tell whether they're going to qualify for that or not, but certainly Lin-Manuel Miranda and the Dramatist Guild do not interpret it that way. And finally, from the yes, we are all truly horrified file, I take you to Russia, where the Army 2022 International Military Technical Forum is ongoing. It's an arms show for all of the other countries of the world to come and see what are the Russians making, what do they have going on, what might they want to order for the future or put down on layaway or something like that. Yes, going on in the middle of Russia doing an illegal invasion of Ukraine, as we are all well familiar. What's particularly horrifying about this is one small piece of technology that the Russians are demonstrating. And all I can say about this is, if you have seen Black Mirror then you know exactly where this is going. And by the way, if you're going to watch Black Mirror and have not yet, please, please, please skip the first episode. Just don't ever watch it. Trust me, you'll thank me. Everybody says so. Just believe. Go on to episode two. But a much later episode in the series is called Metalhead. It's one of the most famous episodes because it deals specifically with robot dogs. You know, the Boston Dynamics, little metal skeleton kind of dogs running around a futuristic world and essentially executing people. You know, when the dogs take over, the robot dogs take over, what will the world look like? It's horrifying. You've all imagined it. You can't help but have that reaction when the cute little creatures are walking around the set of Good Morning America or something and seemingly happy and non-menacing, but I know the real truth, okay? Just because you paint the little metal dog of death yellow, that doesn't make Make it safe. 
So now I take you back to Russia, where they have an innovation. And since we know it's Russia, and we know what they're trying to do with these things, you guessed it, it's got weapons. And in this particular case, the weapon of choice is nothing other than a rocket launcher. Yes, they have a little, well, I can't say it's black, but it is dressed up in a ninja suit? It looks like pajamas for a robot dog, okay? And the dog has strapped to its back a bazooka or a rocket launcher. It's a rocket launcher. It's small enough, like a laws. And it bends down, prone on the ground, as if it were aiming. It gets up and moves around and walks through the crowd. What I think is hilarious is you've got a robot dog with a rocket launcher strapped to it, and all of the people are just filming away like, oh, this is no big deal. This is fine. So, yes, they say that they are working on versions of the robot dog, which will be able to do patrol, security, target designation, move weapons around, use weapons as they clearly have in mind here. And this is the future of Russian warfare. Now, do remember that the Americans have done something like this. We didn't have a rocket launcher on ours, but in Portland, the Air National Guard received its own four-legged robot earlier this year to use for security and surveillance. So it's not the first time people have envisioned this. It is the first time where people seem to be celebrating a robot dog walking around with a fairly scary munition strapped to its back and not a lot of conversation about responsibility, ethics of war, what are the rules of engagement, and why has the robot dog got a rocket launcher? My basic question. But maybe I should take comfort in the thought that watching the incompetence of the Russian military and the, let's just say, not technical superiority of a lot of the Russian military hardware on display in Ukraine, I mean, they're winning through massive, overwhelming superiority of strength, not through better tactics, fighting skill, or technology at the moment. Maybe I shouldn't be so worried about what the Russians are going to do with their robot dog because the things the Russians build these days just don't quite seem to be as good as maybe you would have thought. Because I have seen other videos online of robot dogs that, let's just say, don't do as well. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. Hit the five-star review or you'll be getting a visit from Metalhead. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. Newsweek.